silver beads on a, a couple people that I have known, well, ever since I was a child. Doug and Sister Fisher. <laughs> they, uh, they're just old friends, and uh, we related to some of you, I think. Uh, who wants to confess that they're related? Uh, Faye is going to confess. You're the only one? Okay. That's a, the rest of you is going to stay clear and keep your reputations as thing. We're just so glad to have you. And some of you folks that have been, because of the pandemic, have been affected, you haven't been able to be here. But we're glad, and you're here today, and I'm so glad to see you. And I appreciate what the Lord is doing for all of us. It's good, it's good when our families get back together again. And we thank the Lord for that, honoring the Lord. Praise the Lord. I want to mention two or three things here before I turn the service to our associate pastor, Brother Harold Carr. I want to mention, first of all, that we are concluding the month of October, which is our World Mission Month. And if you have an offering when you give today that is for the World Mission, uh, please designate that. And uh, next Sunday will work. This coming Wednesday will work. And I think we've got two more Sundays for this. I'm not positive on this. But anyway, at the end of October, we're honoring our world mission uh, efforts uh, throughout the world. We got a, I got a, a letter from our global mission department this week indicating a mission field that we give a, uh, funds to, and that's Haiti. And they've got the numbers at this point on what happened to our church people, just our church people, and uh, during the month that they had the earthquake, they've had some floods since then too, but there was 44 churches that were destroyed. That's a lot. 44 churches and then 20-something pastors, or parsonages. There was uh, I believe five families that was totally uh, annihilated through the uh, the flood, the uh, her, what am I wanting that earthquake uh, that they had, and uh, thousands of people were displaced. So when you're giving your our church goes to Haiti, and if you wanted to go to another area, that's fine too. But right now, I just want you to have those folks, that country, uh, on your prayer hearts. The second thing I want to mention is we had an event here yesterday. Brother and Sister Harold Lisa Carr orchestrated this, and that was a day in which we gave out a lot of sweet stuff, and uh, we did it. Uh, well, we're not having the full fall festival like we used to, but it's kind of in conjunction with that. And they'll probably, uh, well, I'm sure Brother Harold will have something to say, but I wanted to mention those two because they're, they're the head honchos. You know what that means, don't you? You were in charge, 
And uh, they were in charge, and they did a wonderful job. The next thing I want to mention, this is normally his job, but he can't say these things the way I do because they pertain to the way I feel, okay? I am so grateful, along with my wife, for those that expressed last Sunday and since then through your cards or gifts uh, past their appreciation efforts. Thank you so very, very much. And as far as I know, as long as I live and being pastor, my wife is going to stay with me. I would give a cheer on that unless you want her. <laughs> All right, there you go. You get to stay with me, hon. Isn't that wonderful? Now, there was an activity, I'll allude to it in the message today, at the end that I seen that was just thrilling, but it wasn't necessarily biblical. Sister Susan, who is not a credentialed minister, was baptizing some of the kids with water. <laughs> okay, you've seen that. Brother Harold, that's all I damage I want to do today. And you come right ahead and... You can take that back there. All right, we'll get it to her. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Well, Pastor almost took care of all the announcements there, so uh, we'll just finish up. Um, we do have a quarterly business conference this morning after service, so if you want to stay for that, please do so. And then uh, we have November 5th coming up, uh, something with the ladies' ministry I think Lisa wants to talk about. Yeah, we're going to go to Pleasant Valley Baptist Church and join in on their Women's Night of Worship. Uh, it starts at 6.30, um, so I thought if we could meet in the entry of that church, not this church, the entry of Pleasant Valley Baptist Church at 6 o'clock, that will give us time to find restroom seats, all that good stuff. So um, I've got a list of the people who are planning on coming. If anyone else is interested, let me know just so we know to, who to look for. If something comes up and you're not going to be able to make it, if you can let me know so we don't stand in the entry and wait until 6.20 for you. Um, and uh, we're, I'm looking forward to it and what the Lord has for us uh, during that time. So if you have any other questions about it, let me know. If you need a ride and aren't comfortable driving up that way, let me know and we'll get something worked out. Okay? All right. So that was Friday, November 5th. So remember that, ladies. And then again, I'll express more thanks to everyone who uh, donated candy or came and helped yesterday. Um, had a great turnout, so we appreciate everyone's involvement in that. And uh, it takes takes an army, doesn't it, to put those on? <laughs> we had requests coming in, too. They were missing the hayrides. <laughs> a lot of people were missing the hayride yesterday. So, um, But no, we're just glad. We're glad. Well, actually, I was glad for any turnout because we heard of all kinds of events. That after after we kind of put the date on, Penguin Park had a big one and this new, uh, I'm not sure what it is, golf course family I'm not sure what they're doing over there. I would have liked to gone to that one, seeing what they're what's up their sleeve. But they're turning that golf course into something, a family place. But that's just right next door too, and they were having a big event. So it was great to have people here, and uh, we got to minister and, and fellowship, right, and share God's love. And um, I've I've heard before some people don't like uh, churches doing things on Halloween because if you know where Halloween started, it's kind of satanic. But isn't it awesome to take something that's satanic and share the love of God in it? Take something that's kind of Founded on evil and turn it into good. Yeah, Craig. 
Uh-huh. Right. right. Yeah, we need to take our uh, stand for Christ always, right? Yes, everywhere we go, every day is good, but yes, great to remember that. Was there any announcements? Did we miss any announcements? No, nothing? All right, well, we're going to... Uh, uh, have a, a moment here anyway of pastor appreciation. It has been ongoing this month. Um, I know some have brought cards and different things. Um, and there's a basket in the back if you have cards yet today or uh, want to bring some next week, that's fine. But we wanted to acknowledge the pastor from the front. So if him and his wife could just stand for just a moment, and then we'll let you be seated. But if they could stand, we're going to show them some appreciation, if you would. Just everybody everybody, give them a cheer. We, we, we uh, thank them for what they do. While pastor's standing, I'm going to do my job I was supposed to do earlier. I forgot to put the mic on him earlier. So. All right, we got his mic on him now. You all can be seated, but we do appreciate them and thank them. And if everyone else now? would stand now. You want me to sing? No, no, don't do that. <laughs> if everybody else would stand, we're actually we're going to have a little time of prayer here for the pastor and his family. Because um, obviously appreciating them, the biggest thing we can do is pray for them, right? So we just want to pray for them and um, um, continue to thank God for them and that he'll continue to watch over them in health and their, their traveling. So if you would, let's all just pray for them specifically. God, we come to you at this time, God. Thanking you, Lord, for uh, Pastor, his wife, and family, God, and for um, providing them, God, with the health, God, and the safety and the miles that they travel, Lord. And, for the work that they're doing here, God, ministering through them, we just pray that you continue to work and move through them, God, and, and to uh, be able to speak through them, Lord, and, and to minister to others, God. We just uh, uh, don't want to take them for granted, God, but um, just want to show appreciation, God, and, and uh, what's your blessing, God, and what you're doing. Just ask that you continue to work and move through them, and, um, just speak through as he delivers messages, Lord, and that he would uh, just be your mouthpiece, God. We just uh, ask that you continue to minister through them, Lord. In your name we pray. Yes, God. Amen. Amen. If you want, we're going to have a, you can sit for a moment if you'd like, and then we'll have another prayer. But we got a short uh, appreciation video here.
Tommy. And today is the Pastor Appreciation Day. Yeah, and really you're supposed to wait till heaven to get your rewards. But today I guess we're going to give you a little something in advance. We just wanted to say thanks for what you do. Thanks for caring so much. Thanks for just shepherding people. That's a big job. And we just want to tell you we appreciate you. And this side of glory, don't expect much more because you're not going to get it. Thanks is really all you're going to get. That's and so it's all true. we're giving you. And some people won't even do it. So may we be their voice and just say thank you. And know that you've got probably at least a dozen emails explaining something you did wrong Sunday waiting for you and probably a voicemail and someone will show up unannounced. But just work harder, you know, and don't wait till Saturday to work on that message. All right. Unless it works for you. Yeah, unless it works. But we want to say thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Pastor. <laughs> all right, if you would, let's all stand and we'll uh, have a time of prayer here. Then we'll go into worship service. If anyone has any requests they'd like to make known, Lois. Okay. All right, let's remember Lois. Was there another one? Okay. All right. Let's remember Joe, his upcoming surgery. I see another hand. No? Oh, Doris. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's remember Augusta. All right, and then, of course, let's uh, pray for the service here this morning. All right, let's all pray. God, we come to you at this time, Lord. Thanking you, God, for the opportunity to be here today, God, to gather, Lord, in this place, God. For your presence here this morning, Lord God. Know that you know each heart, God, each need, specifically, I know that you know the answers, God. And you know that you're able to be with each one, God, with to hear and receive what you have. 
Okay, we'll have a couple ushers come up this morning. This is a fifth Sunday uh, offering, so it'll be towards a building fund. So anything you give will go towards that, and you can mark it on an envelope or the check, and it'll go wherever you mark it towards. But let's uh, pray again. God, we thank you again, Lord, for um, this morning, God, for uh, this opportunity to give, God, and to worship in this way. We just ask that you'll bless this offering, God, bless the uh, gift and the giver, God, and, and uh, use it towards uh, your your uh, work, God, and what you want done in your name. Amen. It's good to see Jacqueline and Dre snuck in. <laughs>
want to give just a, a few more moments to Brother and Sister Fisher, whom I believe we have known since about 1989 or 90, sometime in that vicinity of time. It was when I first, and along with my wife, became overseer of the state of Missouri. And she was the first lady's minister's director that this overseer had appointed at that time, and she was serving in her second year in that appointment, as I recall. And the recall button doesn't work like it used to, but I think that's pretty close to it anyway. And we do appreciate the, the times that we've had together with us these two ministers as they have labored for our church. More importantly, they've labored for the Lord. Yes. Uh, my wife and I have had the opportunity to serve with them in revivals in different places. I'm not sure of all the places we have been together in, but one of the places that we were privileged to go to, and you all probably know where it's at, is Hornersville. How many of you have been to Hornersville? Oh, it's a... Well, it's not too many of you. Well, Hornersville is a place that you don't go through. You go to it, there's one road, don't get off of it, so you can turn around and come back out again. We were there many years ago, uh, it's been many years ago now, uh, in a revival. And uh, one of the things that Lawrence and I had to deal with was that there was a petition going on in that town. And we found out that they were getting a petition up to keep a telephone company from coming in there. And uh, they didn't quite understand, but... When, and we didn't understand really why why they were doing that, and because uh, everybody needed the telephone. But what we found out was that it was Taco Bell that was wanting to come in there, and Lawrence assured them that Taco Bell was a good thing, and uh, we had ate there a few times. Not many places we haven't ate together, and I appreciate them so very much. Sister Alita's health, as well as Brother Lawrence's, has not been terribly great in recent years. And uh, last time I asked her this question, she told me she wasn't able, but it was on the telephone, and nobody else could hear it, but I'm going to ask her in front of all you folks, are you able to speak for us this coming Wednesday night? All right, all right. That... Uh, that, that's good. I don't know what that'll get you, including a quarter, but it, it'll get us a blessing anyway. Sister, instead of my place Wednesday night in Bible presentation, this long-time minister and husband, they'll be here to present the message and presentation that whatever the Lord gives them for this Wednesday night. And nothing just like asking people in front of people. That's all it is to it. I, I haven't forgotten a few old tricks myself. <laughs> we, we look forward to this. I appreciate 
In fact, I told my wife this, uh, this week even, how I appreciate the quality of our worship team and the singing, how well they do, and how just as spiritually it is. It's just a when you when you've been here, you feel like you worshipped uh, the the songs. Uh, Sister Lisa chose us for the worship team. Uh, just have messages that won't quit, and I I thank the Lord for that. In fact, in as much as the appreciation has been extended in various ways from the local church to pastor and wife, we would like. To for you to know that I think this is just the greatest place in the world to be. I appreciate knowing all of you. I appreciate having the opportunity to have been your pastor for approaching uh, 10th year anniversary come next, last Sunday in February, as a matter of fact. We'll complete nine years and it is just a joy and honor to serve the Lord with you. We have been through different types of things, and those that have pastored, such as the Fishers, and Bishop and Sister Nagel, uh, who have pastored many years themselves, and formerly pastored here, and did such a wonderful job, this local church building and some of the congregation as a result of their ministry. I honor them. And I honor all of you today on this particular Sunday that the Lord has gave us. I appreciate the young men and women of this church. I appreciate your gifts of talents that you give to the Lord. I appreciate our older people who have been down the road, up the hill, and down the valleys. Uh, thank you so very, very much. You, you are wonderful people, and we count it a privilege to be a part of the ministry of this church. We've seen different levels, plateaus, in our nearly nine years of being here, and we perhaps are going through the greatest struggle numerically, I know you can look around and I know that there's a lot of churches that don't have what we have. Uh, that, that's tough, you all. But we have, and, and we're grateful. But we're not where we want to be and, or have been numerically. But I'm very grateful for what the Lord has done in enabling us through this terrible several months of affliction that we have had bestowed upon our uh, country, upon the world actually, and in particular our particular area. And I am so grateful that we still have God. And all the things out there, folks, don't do it without the Lord. You, you've got to have the Lord. The last two Sundays, I have uh, spoke upon heaven. And uh, I um, feel very strongly about what I have preached on. I've alluded to the fact that there is an opposite place called hell. And we 
Our thirst, however, was heaven. And I'm, I'm switching just a little bit from that today because I want to share with you the words that the Lord has gave me. In fact, in putting this sermon together, uh, I forget what day I concluded with this sermon, but I told my wife, I said, this sermon has gave me a headache. And um, I think she thought that I said, Joanne, you have gave me a headache. And she didn't bother her a bit. But uh, anyway, that's not what I said. The work that I was dealing with and putting this together by the help of the Holy Ghost. In fact, I hope, I trust and pray that the Holy Ghost uh, understands that I recognize that it's totally its work. This sermon has got a title that I gave to it. I'm not so sure I wouldn't have changed the title if I'd had an opportunity to do so, but it, it came too late for it. But this is the title that I have gave. I, I wish you, some of you, have perhaps have seen it, but most have not. I, I would love for you to know that this old preacher gets his sermons from one source, and that is from the Lord. I have realized that there's a lot of techniques and things, and I use some of them from time to time. I know what some of them are. Some of them I have no idea what they are, because I, and I don't want to find out only if the Lord tells me to. I rely, when I stand or sit before you, I rely on what God wants me to give to you. And I give it to you from my heart. There, there is no trickery. There is no cunning. It is what the Lord wants us to have. And certainly I say that because I want you to feel, not because that's an egotistical statement, but because it is so important to put give honor to the Lord and to give the credit to the Lord. Man may seek it. I haven't got anything. I've heard Brother George uh, talk about this, about the fact that uh, that we're just nothing. Now, I don't mean to imply that he is nothing. I don't want to say that, Brother George. I'm not saying that, but we're nothing. It's only what God is in us. And my thought today that the Lord has enabled me to put together is a, a, a crazy title, I suppose. And uh, But I'm guilty of crazy things. And uh, I can't help it. Joanne couldn't help it. I was such a crazy, good-looking guy that she knew was going to be a billionaire, and as it turns out, I am uh, on my second billion. Uh, gave up on my first. Here is the title, Alive, No Dead, No 
alive. Confusing, I hope. I, I hope that's confusing to you so that I can get you out there and wonder, help me out, Pastor, bring me back in now. Con- from Galatians, King James Version, I'm, I'm in two versions today, King James and, and the Message Bible, and I'll point them out as I go. But in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, the Paul in writing to a Jewish oriented church of the people of Galatia. He said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And Paul, he, he's trying to confuse people too, you see. He says, I'm, I'm, I'm crucified, meaning I'm dead. But on the other hand, I'm alive. And uh, by the way, he says, but it's not me, it's Christ that liveth in me. All right, now that you understand, I'm not the one confusing you, it's Paul. And he said, the life which I now live in the flesh, he said he was dead, but he's changing his mind. He said, the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of God. Now he's living again. Who loved me and gave himself for me. Well, what what a scripture. Alive, no dead, no, he's alive. Okay. If I could have changed the words at the last second, I would have said, yes, alive. And that applies for another subtitle that I'll come to in a little bit. But uh, I wasn't smart enough to take care of that at the time. It was being written, typed, printed, reread, and prayed over, and messed it up somehow. But nevertheless, alive, no dead, yes, alive. And so it is, as you understand the words of the Apostle Paul, you are crucified with Christ. You could not have been crucified on your own. That's the first thing to understand about that. Now, is that suicide? Well, it could be if you call it spiritual suicide, according to the Bible, but we're not going to use the word suicide because that sounds like suicide to me. But on the other hand, nevertheless, I live regardless of what that crucifixion has done. And I live because it is now Christ liveth in me. And this life, oh, wait a minute, I didn't crucify everything. It wasn't suicide, apparently. The body is still alive. So it is Christ living in the flesh. And it is by the faith of God who gave himself for me. Well, thank the Lord. Now then, hopefully I've confused you just a little bit. A little bit? Uh, well, I hope so. And uh, uh, have I confused anybody? Raise your hand. Just raise your hand. Oh, Joe, that's $10 from you then, Joe. All right. The fact is, the alive, dead, but living again. We die to the physical. Amen. Verified to 
Colossians chapter 3, verse 10, King James Version. And when we get saved, become born again, we call that translation or that conversion, being born again or putting on the new man. Colossians 3.10 And have put on the new man, which is received in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Well, you're not only going to die but live again, but look like him in the same time. That's pretty good. And with some of us, that was probably a real good deal that we took on a new image that looked better. As some of you may remember, I've had my hair cut in Rudy Jacobs, Lauren Fisher type style here for a few years, and I've decided to let it go. And I'm about ready to go back to their haircut by my, because my wife thinks she's got a better idea on how it ought to be combed, and I don't agree with it. She takes my scalp off every time she combs me. Well, anyway, we're dead, but we're alive because of Jesus living in the, our lives that we have. Now then, from the Message Bible, I would like to throw this at you, okay? Chapter 2, verses 11 through 15. The scripture says, Entering into this fullness is not something you figure out or achieve. That makes me, the preacher, feel better because right away the apostle is saying it's not something that you figure out or achieve. On the other hand, if he's talking about me explaining it all, I need to read further. Here we go. It's not a matter of being circumcised or keeping a long list of laws. Let me have your attention. Don't wake, uh, ever go back to sleep. I put you to sleep. I'll be the one to wake you up. Just sleep one. The fact is that the Lord's word, the life for him, is not made up of the fact that we've got a regiment of duties to take care of. We get up every morning, cross this, I'll cross, oh, I haven't done this, do that. We're talking about something that happens on the inside. And notice the words from the Message Bible of how this is said here at the very beginning. Entering into this fullness is nothing, not anything, not as one iota of a thing, that you can figure out or achieve. It's not I'm talking about the laws of the Jewish people. He said, it's not a matter of being circumcised or keeping a long list of laws. You're already in. Wait a minute. Isn't that a good deal? I've always, and many others, so many others have said what a good deal it is living for the Lord. You just can't beat it. You can't go to Walmart, Green Mart, or any other color mart to get a better deal than living for the Lord. You're already in. You're insiders. You're walking by the grace of God, and He is walking and talking and resting or abiding in your life. You're insiders. That's a good deal. That really is a good deal. 
uh, a lot of you folks uh, in business over the years, you, you hear the, you've heard the pitch from people about this or about that, what a good deal this is. But you are astute. That's not stupid. That's astute. That's smart. And you, you want to know what the real inside information is. Well, when you become a child of God and Jesus lives in you, let me tell you something. You are on the road to having the inside information. It changes your life. It tells you which road to go down and so on. There's not a long list of man's ideas or duties that you are compelled to abide to. You're already in as insiders, not through some secretive initiative right, but rather through what Christ has already gone through for you. I want to point out something in that scripture. It's not a part of my presentation today, but this does away with those types of groups that have those secret oaths. And bind you to things that are against God's word. So that, that is what this verse of scripture is talking about. Not through some secretive initiation right. But rather through what Christ has already gone through for you. Destroying the power of sin. Folks, I want, I want you to know that our Lord has done it for us. He has lived the life. He has gave his life with his life. That we might be free from the power of sin. I know that there are so many things today that is working against the. I I I don't know if it was this morning and I yes it was it was this morning. I want to give credit to Sister Beverly for mentioning this about the power of the world that is being developed and being manufactured against the things of God in this in our lifetimes right now. We can't even see all of them. We can suspicion some things, but we can't even suspicion enough of those things. There is a power out there seeking to devour you and I. But when we're on the inside, and when He is on the inside, that is, we have something going for us that we do not know or to understand. Would somebody give bend down and I'm afraid to bend down there and get me a tissue. Would you, Joe, would you do that? Thank you very much. I'm afraid if I do that, I'll go head over heels as if I'm in love with someone. And thank you. And this is what I'm going to do with. Thank you. Thank you very much. Now then, let's go back to the scripture. Galatians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2, pardon me. And they, about the 12th or 13th bullets, not through secretive initiation ceremonies or rite, but rather through what Christ has already gone through for you, destroying the power of sin. That, that, that's a wonderful thing to experience right there. We don't know how it is able to do, he is able to do that. He was crucified according to the Bible and the history books and so on, many, oh, over perhaps 2,000 years ago. But because of that one deed right there, what happened on that cross, the blood that was shed, somehow or another, there was a power that not only was good for five years, 500 years, 1,500 years, 2,000 years to the day, we know that that power 
is real. Isn't that wonderful? Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. It's an initiation ritual you're after. A message Bible. You've already been through it by submitting to baptism. Going under the water was a burial for your old life. Coming up out of it was a resurrection. And by the way, uh, when we baptize people, not like Susan was baptizing those girls yesterday with water cups out there. That was good. I enjoyed that. And I was dry. And I thank the Lord for them. But when we baptize somebody in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and put them in the water, and then bring them up. Going into the water is a type of death. Coming up out of the water is a resurrection. Here is what the scripture is talking about. Going under the water was a burial of your old life. Coming up out of it was a resurrection. God raising you from the dead as he did Christ. When you were stuck in your old sin, dead life. Oh my goodness, here we go again. Dead, but not dead. And we are alive. We are alive because of Christ. You were incapable of responding to God. God brought you alive right along with Christ. Think of it. All sins forgiven. The slate wiped clean. That old arrest. Warrant canceled. And nailed to Christ's cross. He stripped all the spiritual tyrants in the universe of these sham authorities at the cross and marched them naked through the streets. I thank the Lord. Dead, yes. Alive, yes. Alive in the Lord, yes. I want to tell you something that I experienced when I became a Christian. This was in the year 1956. In fact, uh, it was uh, this time of year, October 28, 1956, when I became a child of God. My first morning at home, getting up out of the bed, 15-year-old teenager, one of the things that I did as a sinner, in addition to being a member of a Chicago-type gang where we primarily beat people up, put bruises on them and broke their bones. That's all basically we did. And one of the things I did do, though, I was bad to smoke. And on this particular morning, I had a dream just before I was to wake up to get out of bed. I dreamed that the devil had came up and gave me a package of cigarettes and told me to smoke them. And I said, no, I can't do it. I threw it away. But when I was fully awake, my breath, to me, smelt like I had been taking all of those cigarettes, one after the other, smoking them like crazy. And, oh, I, I didn't do this. God, I didn't do this. Help me, Lord. I didn't do that. Well, somehow or another, I can't explain this. But let me tell you something. The devil can pull wool over your eyes that can make you think you did things that you didn't if you have been strong in doing it before. I thank God today that I got down on my knees and I began to pray through again and asking the Lord to forgive me. And about halfway through the prayer, uh, the Lord spoke to me and said, the devil's gone, you never smoke, get on out of here, that type of thing. Well, 
dead, but yes, alive in the Lord. And yes, he stripped all the spiritual tyrants, that is, everything that the devil will cause you to do, wherever they're at, they are sham, they are not authentic, and because of the death on the cross in which you have been crucified through the help of the Lord and living again in Jesus, he has as if marked them as naked and putting them out and making them walk the streets so that they're exposed. Well, died. Die of what? Alive to what? Now we go back to the King, uh, King James Version, Romans 6, 110. Several verses here. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that, that grace may abound? No, that's not the answer. In fact, verse 2 says, God forbid. It didn't take long to get to that answer, did it? How shall we then, that are dead to sin, live any longer? Therein. Know you not, Paul wrote to the church at Rome, know you not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. You see, there is something right here that's that very important for everybody to recognize. It really is. The devil not only can work on the physical, he can work on the mental as well. He can make you think things, dream things, cause things to be believable that are not, even give you nightmares that will wake you up in the middle of the night and cause you to have a false sense of security on something. But the scripture says, but when we're buried with him by baptism into death, that is when we give our life to the Lord, that that life as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. Let me tell you something. There is an attitude as a result of our altitude in the Lord that we must exercise. We cannot go around, we must not allow despondency. We must not allow defeatism to overcome us, but we have got to overcome, got to push on and do that which is right. Even so, should walk in the newness of life. For we have been planted, here's the reason, we have been planted together in the likeness of his death. Remember, crucified, we died. But we're not dead we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Yes. I'll thank the Lord. Knowing then, just, just know that because you are a child of God, just know because the Lord has put your name down in the Lamb's book of life. Just know that this old man that was crucified with him that the body of sin, that it might be destroyed. That henceforth, we don't have to worry about serving sin. It doesn't control us anymore, but we're controlled by the Spirit of the Lord. Thank God.
This is so important. Whatever the affliction or addiction has been in the sinful life, when Jesus walks in, it becomes new. You are a new creature. Or you may have a limb yet. Or you may be colorblind. I'm colorblind in the physical. And uh, I have became hard of hearing. Some things will not or, or may evolve or will not change. Brother Craig is still uh, suffering from eyesight all side, although he tells me I'm the best looking pastor he's ever had. As we approach these things, let us know that the Bible says, verse 7, that he that is dead is freed from sin. Does it mean it's going to try to conquer you? No, it doesn't mean that. Does it mean it's going to give you a rough day? It doesn't mean that. What it does mean, though, is that if we're dead with Christ, verse 8, we believe that we shall also live with him. And then knowing that Christ is raised from the dead, he dieth no more. He's died all he's going to die. Death has no more dominion over him. we got another plateau to go to then, haven't we? For in that he died, he died unto sin once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. No more to die. No more to die. He's with the, he or she is with the Lord. Thank the Lord. Died living, not looking back. In Second Corinthians chapter 5, verses 14 through 17, think about this title that we gave to this section. We died, we're living, we're not looking back. Thank the Lord, we're looking unto, actually. In Second Corinthians 5, 14 through 17, King James. For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then all were dead. For that he died for all, that they should live not henceforth unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. And that is something, especially people that have been timid, especially people that are kind of restrained in their actions and so on. You, you can't keep it to yourself. There's of necessity a need to share Christ from your life in whatever manner that he directs you. Henceforth know we no man after the flesh. Though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. And this last verse, oh, this, this ice is the cake, lights the candles. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. I like that. You've seen people... Maybe it was said of you at one time. Oh, since you became a Christian, you're just a different person. 
Well, guess what? That's no IQ stroke of knowledge right there. It's already been written. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. As I conclude this morning, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18, with the thought that we are here. But guess what? We're not here. We're here, but we're not here. And because of this, we faint not. Even though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Our light affliction, the things that we go through in this life, some of them, boy, they can be tough sometimes. But nevertheless, in light of the scripture, it's, it's worded this way. Our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things, we just don't pay attention to the things that are going on, but we look at the things that are seen. And then, because the things which are not seen, all those things which are just temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal, the scripture says. Now you see me. Now you don't. The Bible says, Message Bible, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, 16 and 17. Fasten your seat belts and get ready. Something's going to happen here at the end. This is a terrific responsibility. Is anybody competent to take it on? No. Not within yourself. At least we don't take God's word and we water it down. And we don't take it to the streets to sell it cheap. All the authority of God's word is the authority of God's word. It's not to be compromised. It's not to be diluted. It's not to be cheapened in any way. We stand in God's Christ's presence when we speak. God looks us in the face. What we say, what we feel from the Lord, we get us straight from God. And we say it as honestly as we can. Dead, but alive, leaving this world. Oh, thank God that those changes can be made even here today if they need to be made in your life. They can be made and to the glory of God, ask the congregation to stand right now. And as we come to the close of this service, if there is any one person in this building that you are not ready, 
I want you to open your heart. And there will be men and women in this church building that will pray with you. That will be there to hold your spiritual hand, so to speak. Because we do not want an individual to be lost. As I pray, Father, right now in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Lord, that you're there, never leaving us, never forsaking us. And I thank you, Lord, that you're here right now. If there is someone in this building that needs to make a change in the way they are living their life, get themselves more dedicated to the cause of Christ and living for you so that they can lay down their heads at any time and be able to say, Lord, I'm ready to go. I pray, Lord, right now that this be the moment. Lord, let them hear. If you're saying anything to them, let them hear. Father, right now, in Jesus' name, Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Heavenly Father. As we come to the close of this service, I'm going to ask Bishop Nagel to dismiss us in prayer. And I'm going to ask if there's anybody here that wants to do something for the Lord to take care of anything that is between them and the Lord that needs to be taken care of. I want you to be able to do that right now. I'll ask our brother to pray for a dismissal prayer for us. But in this dismissal prayer, you have an opportunity right now to come and make it right with the Lord. Brother Nagel. Thank <laughs> you.